Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, I have a, a little list of, um, of nice things to say to Carrie. Well, that sounds creepy. It's not creepy. It's no. Listen, look, Greg. It's not your fault, but he just finds you visually aggravating right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Decoding TV, a podcast about television. I am David Chen, and I'm Kim Renfro, and that is the first time we said those words. Uh, <laughs> on today's episode of Decoding TV, we're going to be discussing season four, episode three of Succession, entitled Connor's Wedding. You can find more episodes of this podcast at podcast.decodingtv.com. Email us at decodingtv at gmail.com. Support this podcast by becoming a paid member at decodingtv.com. Find us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitch at decodingtv. So a few announcements for today's episode of the podcast. Uh, I mean, the first thing is I want to remind folks, first of all, that if you become a paid member at decodingtv.com, the paid members at DecodingTV.com are who keep Decoding TV going. Uh, they are what make it possible to do this podcast. So if you're enjoying the podcast, if you're one of the many tens of thousands that enjoy the podcast, uh, and you think to yourself, hey, I'd love that podcast to continue, consider becoming a paid member. Right now, we are doing bonus episodes uh, over at Decoding TV with uh, David Cho. We're talking about how realistic the episodes of Succession are. And it's a great time, and you will get that exclusive content as well as ad-free episodes, early access to episodes by becoming a paid member at Decoding TV. So thanks to everyone who's a paid member at Decoding TV for making this podcast possible. Now, we are actually broadcasting this episode live tonight. And um, if you are here listening live and watching on YouTube, you already know that we're live because I made a horrible mess up at the beginning of the show. Uh, But... What are, why are we doing this live today? I, you know, I want to give you a little insight into how Kim and I usually do this podcast. Kim has what I would describe as, uh, or, or you know, Kim uh, writes uh, a lot of the kind of show notes where we like run down what happens in the episode. And I have, on many occasions in the past, called Kim's rundowns the gold standard of rundowns. <laughs> when thank we were you, doing uh, Cast of Kings together for House of the Dragon. Uh, she was writing these rundowns that were really detailed, elaborate. They're just, I, you know, I would show them to other hosts and be like, this is what the rundown should look like, you know? Um, <laughs> Thank you and, for giving uh, me an and, A and in homework. Um, indeed. <laughs> you're, you're so pleased that you're uh, to be getting nice marks along with the other pupils, uh, as Marsha once said on the show. Uh, so uh, typically the way we do this podcast is... Um, sometime before the show of Succession or whatever, Last of Us, whatever airs, we get access in advance uh, from HBO or whoever else. And then we do, you know, we write a show note document and we put together the rundown and then we record it uh, before the show airs and then we release it into the world uh, early if you're a decodingtv.com paid member and then uh, on Monday for everyone else. Uh, that's how we normally do the episodes. This last week, we received a very cryptic message 
from the people at HBO. I'm not going to read the message, but I'm just going to say that the message communicated, hey, we're not sending you this episode of Succession early. They didn't explain why. They didn't say what's going – they didn't say this is just – I mean, I think they implied that it was just for this one episode. But it was kind of a weird mm-hmm. – I haven't gotten an email like that before, you know? Um, so we were all very puzzled as to why they didn't send us this episode early. And Kib and I agreed, hey, uh, given that they're not sending us the episode early, let's gather together online uh, on uh, YouTube and Twitch on DecodingTV.com. Uh, I'm sorry, YouTube.com slash DecodingTV and Twitch.tv slash DecodingTV. And let's just, let's just – react to the episode live right after it airs you know let's just broadcast live and react to it live um but as a result you know the conversation the technical elements of the podcast are going to be a little bit rougher than they are usual the sparkling conversation is not going to have quite it's not going to be quite polished to a sheen that you are used to here on decoding tv uh, so I just want you to know, like, kind of what the circumstances are is typically we, you know, get the episode advance. We like talk about it, edit it, do all this kind of stuff. But tonight you're hearing it live. We, we've literally just finished ep- watching the episode less than an hour ago and we're hopping right on and sharing our reactions with you and the whole world. Um, so let's get into it, Kim Renfro. So like that, that, that's the behind the scenes. Oh, I do also want to say. I think it was Kim Renfro that speculated probably something major happens this episode. And that's why oh, they're not yeah. setting up that, that maybe that's why they're not setting out the screeners. And yeah. I, I I had a difficult time. I, I, I think I thought like, oh, maybe Kim is right about that. Like Kim's probably right. There is probably something major that they don't want anyone spoiling. But I had a difficult time sort of guessing what that could possibly be. You know, I was like what could be big enough that's like, you know, we've seen other screeners for other shows that have had huge developments. What could be big enough that they would not want any word of this to leak until the episode aired? And tonight, we got our answer. So, mm-hmm. that I love ext- to be right and cry <laughs> as that, a result. <laughs> that extremely lengthy preamble aside... Uh, let's get into this episode of Succession. Succession, Season 4, Episode 3. A reminder, you can listen to the podcast version of this by becoming a paid member at DecodingTV.com or going to podcast.decodingtv.com. Kim Renfro, overall thoughts on the episode? A doozy, man. It was a doozy. Um, Like, brilliantly executed, uh, I think, all the ways that I wouldn't have expected the show to make me emotional it somehow did. And I was like, I just was, as soon as like, you know, we sort of hit the ground running there. I was just riveted. You will notice a large gap in the notes I was trying to take live. Because- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm looking because at Kim. So, I'm point. looking at Kim. So, yeah. The, uh, uh, honestly, I was taking notes as well during the episode. I'm, ty- I'm typing. I'm ty- usually I'm like flowing when I'm watching the show. I'm, I'm like flowing. I'm taking notes during the episode. And then literally at some point the notes just stop. Cause I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah. I need to pay attention to like everything that's happening. Usually, like yeah. there's enough space in the show that you can kind of like, oh, I'm t- writing down this quote. Oh, I'm writing down this happening. This one, I was just like, okay, I gotta put put over the notes and just yeah. like focus on what's happening. So yeah, I, I, I saw I usually... the same dynamic in Kim's show notes because it, it basically like trails <laughs> off at some point. It becomes completely, you know, non comprehensive. <laughs> the show notes. Yeah, that's so. when I was just openly weeping on the couch it was good times good good tv i love television 
when it makes, I genuinely do love when so, when I am when I am so sold on the emotional stakes of a television show that I feel like right alongside them in an episode of television like this. So, yeah. I want to call out David Cho. He's in the room. Uh, hey. And he says, I am effing dying. Not literally, which is important to uh, clarify. <laughs> Thank so, you. <laughs> uh, big shout out to David Cho, who I do the bonus episodes with over at decodingtv.com. Um, and yeah. My overall thoughts on this episode. It was an incredible episode. It, it's it's an incredible episode of television. It, 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 you know, I was initially mildly annoyed that we did not get this episode in advance. Um, because, <laughs> you know, we like to prepare and, and do yeah. a podcast. I like um, to watch it twice before yeah, I Yeah, we like to watch it twice. We, it. Let it sink yeah. in, you know. But actually, it was a gift to not get it. Because... Then we got to like experience it with everyone else, and yeah. this is one of those things that I think you like want to experience like with everyone else. Um, so, uh, some people have said this is possibly one of the greatest TV shows, ev- uh, TV show episodes ever. Uh, we again literally are less than one hour out from it, so I don't know if like I, I don't feel confident in that enough to say maybe it is. Um, it could be, uh, but I, I think it's possible. I think it's possible. Kim? I'm still I'm still actively being traumatized. Okay. I can't I can't put things in <laughs> I can't put things in television history. I'm, I'm trying to I'm like Carolina. I'm like Carolina here asking you to like what? don't make me draft a statement. Ne- hey, Kim, you need to make a statement, okay? Um <laughs> I can't contextualize this. Like I can within the show, certainly. Like if if you are among the people who think that Succession is one of the better shows you've ever seen, then yes, within the series, I think that was absolutely like a knockout killer yeah. episode. So as I mentioned, all, there's a lot of wiggle room there. I don't know. As I mentioned, we are broadcasting live. And so as a result, we can see people's comments. And uh, we're probably going to be broadcasting live more often as time goes on. And so I do want to encourage you to subscribe at YouTube.com slash Decoding TV. When we go live, you'll see it. Um, David Cho writes, Kim, do you think you're going to be able to watch this episode twice? I usually watch it twice and I don't think I even can. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually kind of excited to watch it again without the note taking aspect at all. Yeah. Cause that's usually, again like, well, normally it's inverse. Normally my first watch, I don't take notes, but yeah, I'm a little bit of a, a sadist about my television. So yes, I will watch it again. I would watch that episode again before I watch too much birthday again. Mm. I can I can sit in sadness for longer than I can sit in like cringe shame pain, but I don't know. It will be rough. Uh John Barry writes, quote, never trust an HBO show with wedding in the title, that's for sure, end quote. I uh, you know, you know what was hilarious was as I fired this episode up. I it's titled it's entitled Connor's Wedding. And I was I literally this thought crossed my head. What a boring title for an episode. <laughs> That's what I, as I put as I press play, I was like, kind of a boring title, you know. But th- then I was thinking, you know, Succession never really like a lot of their title episode titles are kind of boring. Like some of them have a flair to them, you know. Like, um, it's a quote or like it's a, a quote or something like that. An idiom, or, or, but like yeah. some of them are like Argestes. Shit show at the fuck factory. Yeah, shit show at the effect. That's good. <laughs> but like some of them are like Argestes or Turnhaven. Yeah. You know, like they're very boring like locations for a thing. Yeah. And so it's like Connor's wedding. It's like okay, way to choose the most boring, obvious you know title for the episode. Um, but 
Yeah. Speaking of, I mean, the Game of Thrones of it all, someone also mentioned this, which I think I might have said to you, and if I didn't, I'm going to kick myself for not putting this on the record first. But like, I was like, what if they pull a Battle of Winterfell with us here, where it was episode three of the final season of Game of Thrones was when the actual showdown between the White Mm. Walkers and the Night King happened. And that was sort of like a, okay, then what does that mean for the actual rest of the season? And I think that this is a similar shakeup at a similar point in their final season. And also one of my favorite um i think that i think that sometimes hbo writers have a lot of fun with episode titles and like the little logline preview with spoilers because mm-hmm. i remember the hard home episode in season five which like shocked everyone right like it was not in the regular cadence of the penultimate episode it was episode eight instead and the the little the, preview the, penulti- logline, the penultimate episode being like a big event hard yes. home was a big event but it wasn't the penultimate episode yeah Exactly. And the little logline just said, John travels. <laughs> so it was yeah. like the understatement of the century of like what actually happened in that episode. Similar here, where it's just like Connor's wedding. Like, holy shit. Yeah, Connor did actually have a wedding by yeah. the end of the episode. But goddamn, was that not the main dramatic thrust of what just unfolded? Indeed. Um, I will say, uh, you know, what I was afraid of was that this would be. Uh, a situation where the very first, like first four episodes of a show, kind of make up a quartet of episodes, like season one, where they're dealing with Logan's health, mm-hmm. and a lot of like similar dynamics are like, we got to make a statement. I don't want to make a statement. I'm too upset. You know, like we already saw those dynamics play out, and so I was worried that it would be kind of too similar to that. Um, especially if Logan lived through it, and it was just like a false alarm. Mm. Then I would have been pretty annoyed i have to say if it was like he's actually alive in fact uh brian cox has given an interview at vulture now i want to call out vulture as they are wall-to-wall coverage of the succession in general they have like a succession newsletter um but they are wall-to-wall coverage of this event in succession and so they, they i think they have a obituary for logan roy like written as though it's for logan roy on the site if i recall correctly um, but what I thought was interesting about this, uh, Brian Cox interview that he gives about, uh, his character's death, uh, in this episode of succession is, uh, like the, there's questions about like, when did you know? And how was it, inf- how was it told to you that you were going to pass away? Um, and what was interesting was, uh, he kind of speculated like, uh, like if it was a different kind of show, they might have handled it differently. And in the sense of, oh, here, here he says, um, you know, uh, that Jesse Armstrong, the creator of the show, told Brian Cox just before we started season four, he said Logan was going to be killed off in the third episode. And the question is, did he give any reason for that? Then quote: the explanation was that the reason was obvious. It's about succession. You need a corpse. If it was a different kind of show, it could have gone into a more mysterious frame. Like, is Logan dead? That kind of stuff. But I think Jesse realized he, it had to be the way it had to be, and he made the decision to do that. Uh, he, then he says, quote, we had to be very careful about giving away the game. Uh, I came in three episodes later, after the rest of the episode was filmed, to do the death stuff. And I didn't do anything. I just laid there and had the phone by my ear. That's why I think there's a very strong contention and very strong reason to think maybe he's not dead at all. Maybe it's all a ruse. If you think about it, the last image is a body bag. Anybody could be in that bag. There's a possibility, end quote. Uh, I do wonder, like, if they if they purposely played up the idea that it might be a ruse on set 
because because you know Brian Cox isn't there; it's some other body, um, and that way it might prevent it, a leak from getting out. But what I have to say mm. before we even get into like kind of the details of the episode is, I am extremely impressed that they were able to not have this leak in a way that I that intersected with my sphere at least. Like I don't know yeah. if you heard anything, no. right? Um, I mean, I I had a feeling someone was going to die, but I didn't. Mm. That that was just a gut feeling, not any actual like report mail stuff. What's great about it too is that there's no telegraphing. Really, like yes, the show has played with with uh, Logan Roy's health several times in the past. Last season, he got a UTI. Season one, he had the hemorrhage. Like the show has danced around with whether or not he's going to die many times. But like the first three episodes of this show in season four are very standard succession. They're very like, Mm -hmm. Hey, it's a normal episode. Logan's doing his thing. He's going to close the deal. Like literally the way the last episode ends is Roman. You got, I need you to come with me and launch this company, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, and so you think, Oh, in my mind, I kind of understand how that's going to play out. Yeah. Um, and then, so then for the death to come with like no telegraphing whatsoever, and in the way in which it's revealed, which we'll talk about a little bit more uh, later, is yeah. just completely stunning. It's like, yeah, uh, it, it, it's, it's shocking. Like it, it's there. I did not think it would happen, and, and particularly because there's seven episodes left this season, right? So, what are they going to even? What's even going to happen? Like, there's no. Yeah. Um, it felt like something yeah. that would happen in like an episode eight, you know, and then you deal yeah. with it for two episodes, as opposed to like there's seven additional episodes. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And I I think someone just mentioned this in the comments, but I did. It took me a little while to believe that it was really happening. Yeah. Because I was like, there's a reason why we're not seeing his body right now. Or like, there's a reason why it's being delivered in that way. And yeah, it it occurred to me that it was a very dark trick that they were playing on the kids until it really settled in that I was like, oh, this is going on for far too long (laughs) to be anything but what's actually happening mm-hmm. uh all right there's a few comments um oh okay Ooh, here we go Greyjoy 84 in the chat says someone posted on twitter the official poster for the season has a plane in the reflection on the glass it was mm-hmm. there all along did you see this uh no but i could probably pull up let me press. i can actually using this uh sophisticated technology I can actually put this poster into the stream right now. So uh, you can see it's kind of messy there, but you can see in the in the top right of the image, there's a little plane uh, right next to the words of final season. So pretty good. Uh, pretty good for shout. You got me good, guys. You got us good. Um so the other thing I wanted to mention in the chats, uh, Mike T says, I love the decision to kill Logan in this manner. He died on the toilet on his way to a business meeting. Nothing matters. Death is the, dis- uh, the destroyer of all pleasure. Uh, Mike, how did you get access to the poster I have hanging over my bed? <laughs> Nothing matters. Death is the destroyer of all pleasure. It's creepy, dude. <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> so Kim, let's, let's dive into the episode. Let's talk about a few mm-hmm. things that happened in the episode. There's like pre the Logan Roy stuff. And then there's a little bit of post the Logan Roy stuff, but let's talk about anything that happens pre the Logan Roy stuff because I was taking notes, like it was yeah. just a normal episode of Succession, and you know, oh yeah, 
<laughs> Kim's flowing. She's bopping her head, you know. Ha ha ha. Greglets. That's so funny. <laughs> Delightful. Nothing terrible is about to happen. Yeah. Um, so uh, cold, uh, cold open. There is a weird interaction between Logan and Roman. He's saying like, hey, he invites Roman to meet with Madsen, which is weird because I thought he invited Roman to meet with Madsen last episode, but whatever. And then he says to Roman, hey, you got to fire Jerry. Uh, I, I, like, I don't like the way Jerry's been handling the DOJ situation. He doesn't mention the dick pic situation, but like you, you probably get a sense that he wasn't happy about that either. You know, so he's just like, get rid of Jerry and Roman. You're going to be the one to do, to do it for me. You're going to take out the trash for me. Roman's pretty unhappy about this, but he agrees to do it. Uh, we also learn that Logan has, uh, sent Connor a gift of Napoleon and Josephine letters, uh, so that's his excuse for not appearing at the wedding. Uh, they got him a nice thing. Uh, and that is something that uh, Connor would probably like. I thought that was a nice, thoughtful gift. Um, he, he, he Didn't he buy Napoleon's penis at an art auction or something? I think or Connor like a, did. Like, Connor yeah. did, yeah. 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 So, I, I also, to be clear, I don't think, I don't think Logan... <laughs> I don't think Logan... Uh, picked it out. Picked it out. I think that was probably <laughs> yeah. a carry situation, right? Uh, uh, okay. Uh, so then we... See the wedding. It's on the harbor. I, I want to say Shiv's outfit is incredible. I thought, like, Ugh. with Dress a little for like, a funeral, with a little padlock and everything like that. I was like, that's amazing. She is pulling it off. Um, and uh, then there is some awkward interactions between Connor and the guests, Tom and Greg, uh, and so forth. Uh, Connor has the line quote: "Mr. Scrooge just happened to be a huge wealth creator." <laughs> they don't mention that in Mr. Dickens' books, do they? End quote. Which kind of sums up Connor's whole deal. There's a scene wherein Jerry gets uh, the push. Uh, Logan Roy talks about how he wants to push Jerry out, hang cruises on her. There's a great moment where he's kind of telling Carolina all this stuff. He's like, we're pushing Jerry out, we're getting rid of her, and she's going to be blamed for everything, and we're moving on to the next thing. And she's like, he's making Carolina do this. And, you know, there's this moment that Carolina's like, oh, like, she's like someone in the inner circle. That could easily be me. But this is just the world they live in. You know, they just discard people left and right. Um, but Carolina quickly switches like, oh, so maybe like she's incompetent or worse, like, uh, and kind of starts spinning the story for how they're going to do Jerry in, uh, which I thought yeah. was pretty great. Um, so a few <coughs> other stuff, a few other things that happen in the uh, pre-Logan big event element of this episode. Anything you want to mention, Kim Renfro? I really, I'm very curious to know what exactly the whole ATN bomb explosion gesture plan reference was happening between like Tom and Logan. Like I get that they were going to fire Sid, but mm, like yeah. it felt like there was something deeper in play there that we don't quite know yet. And that it seems like only Tom knows about. Yeah, it, it did seem like they, he, Tom was in the inner circle, but I just think it was, you know, Logan executing the plan that he mentioned last episode which is we're gonna we're gonna just kill everyone you know we're gonna hang yeah. them all and then move on yeah he called so. it he told roman it was a night of the long knives yeah which is another hitler yes regime reference yeah. and so i'm like what were sid and jerry really the only intended victims of that or mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. were there more plans that we yeah. just didn't get to see unfold because logan died minutes later um, the only other thing would be Connor freaking out about the cake, which just brought me right back to him freaking out about the cold butter in like the gala mm. that he was in charge yeah, of. Good callback. Uh, which like 
I was, I, I mean, obviously I would never treat anyone the way that Connor treats people that he's employing, but like cold butter is a total pet peeve of mine. <laughs> like, I'm like, it's really easy to just have room temperature butter that you can spread on bread, but I would never yell at someone about that. But the cake thing, I was like, once they explained that it was like his whole Victoria sandwich sponge cake trauma, I was like, oh, Connor. Like, Jesus. I saw a cool TikTok <sighs> that's like, if you want to soften some butter, you microwave a cup of water, uh-huh. and then you dump out the water, and then, like, put the empty cup over the butter, and that will, like, melt it. Uh, or not mm-hmm. melt it, like, soften it. So, mm-hmm. pro tip, if you're trying to soften your butter. Uh, you thought I you're used to, like, in, yeah. cold pats of butter at the restaurant. If I was having, like, soup, butter, and bread, I would, like, put the butter under my soup bowl, but, mm. like, between the soup and the plate for just, Smart. like, half a second, and yeah. then, like... Anyways, on to actual <laughs> episode discussion things besides uh, cold butter. Loner Shark asks, I wonder if we'll see Connor's mom possibly at Logan's funeral. Uh, it's, it's a good mm. question. We've seen lots of references to Connor's mom. Uh, she is obviously, as you just mentioned, um, it, it seems implied that Logan had her sent to a mental institution. Um, probably wrong, like possibly wrongfully is the sense that I get. Like it was yeah. not... not Something else in the way that women women got lobotomized or I don't know imprisoned for being hysterical or various things. Yeah, not too long ago. But yeah, Uh, uh, sorry. Go go ahead. ahead. Go ahead, Kim. No, I'm just seeing people are also talking about that the logistics folder. Yeah, thank you for reminding me of that because I did type that out in my notes where I was like, oh. Greg just sent Tom to once again erase (laughs) sensitive documents. And, like, we all know what happened last time Tom did that. Like, Greg probably made a copy of those before he moved that folder into the trash Mm -hmm. and then emptied the Mm -hmm. trash. Yeah. Uh, There is also a question here about uh, Marsha. Like, what's going on with Marsha? Isn't Marsha still technically married to Logan? Do we think Marsha's still technically married to Logan? I think it's possible. I thought she was. I thought that that was the little deal that they yeah. worked out at the beginning of season three was like, like that she comes yes, back. I will. And, yeah. And then she, it provides this like illu- uh, illusion of stability between the two of them as he's right. about to go through a very challenging time period. Yeah. Right. But, She's not going to make him deal with the hassle of a public divorce, but by all like, yeah, I think that they're still married, but just uh, mutually agreed upon physical separation. Yeah. I so. am curious if, I'm curious if we'll learn about Marsha more, like if Hi, I'm a Boss is going to be in the show at all. It feels yeah. like it would be very weird for her to not be at the funeral. Um, but it also feels like if they were able to get Hi, I'm a Boss, she would have been in this sh- season somehow at some point before this, even if it's yeah. just like on the phone or something like that. So like, I don't know what's going to go on there. Maybe it's possible they'll just skip over the whole uh, funeral completely. Yeah. I, I don't know. We'll see. Um all right. Anything else? Oh, oh I, I want to call out the scene where Roman like tells Jerry uh, that she, she's fired. It is actually between the Greg talking to Carrie about losing the show and Roman telling Jerry she's fired. The Roman conversation was actually better, in my opinion. They're both terrible. Um, but Roman was able to like be more clear after he's like, yeah, we'll talk later, but you can tell it's something terrible. Like after he got over that hump, I felt like he was actually relatively direct in a way that he is, uh, it's not characteristic of him. Um, but it's, it's still a terrible way of communicating. Uh, and you can understand why Jerry would be pissed because she knows she's going to be fired. It's going to look bad for her. It's going to negatively impact her career. 
the one plus side, which Roman does allude to, is typically in a situation like this, um, unless they're fired for cause, which I don't think is going to happen in this case, uh, Jerry's going to get paid a lot of money. So, yeah. yeah, it didn't even really think it didn't occur to me to compare the two because the reason for the conversation was so different. Like mm-hmm. Carrie, general, like genuinely was not good at trying to be a TV anchor and putting mm-hmm. her in that role would have been like very blatant nepotism. Whereas the Roman Jerry situation is just so fucked because like, like I know that what was happening between them was like vaguely consensual, but like she did tell him like, stop sending me photos like that. And like Mm -hmm. the fact that the reason why she's being fired is because he sent her a picture of his genitalia, like, and that like Logan making Roman be the one to tell her is like so mean and manipulative and i totally understood why roman then like left him that voicemail which now of course roman's gonna be rid- like guilt-ridden for the rest of his life because he's gonna think that that was actually the last thing that his dad ever heard from him woof it's like how is logan still twisting the knife from the grave on these it's, people it's very uh remember when logan forced kendall to go into the house of the guy yeah you know it's it's very shades of that from yeah. season two, I think it is. Um, Made Shiv I, be the one to go speak to the witness. Yeah, um, yeah. To talk her down. To be like, fair, he also sent Rhea there as well, but she didn't want to do it. But True. Um, uh, David Cho says, Roman firing is way harder than the Greg one, though. And that's true because of, as you've said, you know, the, the, the magnitude of the news is you're no longer CEO of this company versus... Uh, and by the way, I'm kind of in love with you, you know, versus, hey, you're, you need to uh, do a little bit more anchor training before we put you on a show. You know, it's a very different magnitude. Um, but I thought Roman did pretty well. He has an awkward phone call with Logan where he says, hey, are you, um, are you trying to purposely mess with me? Uh, it's very funny that, that phone calls. And we should say, I mean, it's, it's obvious to anyone who watches any of the show, but the performances from all the actors are incredible this season like any 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 main actor in this episode should could or should get an emmy for their work in this episode like literally any character that has more than three lines was amazing uh yeah it's tremendous so yeah what um what cameron cameron (laughs) kieran culkin and j cameron smith have been able to do with roman and jerry as characters given that like by my understanding, that subtext of like any sort of sexual tension or romance or like feelings between them didn't exist initially. And it kind of came out of like them acting off of one another and having fun with it. Like the way that they've been able to like really pull out that dynamic all the way to the point where it is now is very impressive. And yeah, yeah I agree that everyone's phenomenal. Um, let's take a quick break for a sponsor. <clears throat> we'll be right back with more. Uh, Decoding TV right after this. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, so I want to uh, talk about the filmmaking of this episode. And Jeremy Strong said something in an interview a while back. Um, Succession, you may or may not know, is shot on film, which is pretty rare. But be- being shot on film does give the show a very distinct look. And Jeremy Strong said the, the following in an interview, quote, I don't know how much we can talk about this, but there was a scene in one of the episodes that was like a 28-page scene that we shot over a few days. And eventually, we shot it all in one take across multiple characters, multiple stories of a building. We shoot on film, so the camera loaders were tag team reloading cameras. One take, I think it was a 32-minute long take, end quote. Now, I don't know if this is that thing, because he says multiple stories of yeah. a building. Um, so is he talking about this episode? Very possibly. I, th- I think he is. I did watch the, like, inside. The yeah. ep- are we allowed to talk? Do we talk about those? Yes, or those included fine. in our... F- Okay, as long yeah. as it doesn't spoil so, any future episodes, yeah. yeah. No, so similar quote where I think he was telling the yeah. same anecdote, but they were talking about this. And I think it, because it, it was Mark uh, Malad, I believe is how you pronounce his last yeah. name, um, and Kieran Culkin. Apparently between the two of them, they came up with the idea after filming all the bits separately to try like a one-shot take. And so, yeah, they said that it felt like they were like shooting a play on like three stories of the ship with a bunch of background actors. And Mark Millad said that a, like a large percentage of that footage is what's in the final take. Yeah. So uh, super cool. I did feel even before we got to the Logan death stuff, that it was a weirder vibe for the episode. Um, a lot of the angles, were it, the, the camera felt uncomfortably close to a lot of the actors. Mm. Um, and there were like longer extended takes. Usually it's like very, uh, heavily edited. It's just like cutting, 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 cutting. But this is like kind of uh, medium or wider shots where multiple actors, you see them interacting or it would like pan left and right and you'd see like a whole interaction play out. I was like, this feels a little bit weird. Also, they were clearly shooting, I think, on location on a ship itself. So yeah. I was thinking to myself, oh, they probably um, had some filmmaking constraints. They probably had to like, uh, you know, physically be there because it's not a set like they have to physically be on this place it's super tight close quarters so they probably weren't going to do like tons of coverage they're probably just gonna have like one camera or two cameras and you know go back and forth or whatever um and then when the logan stuff starts happening um a lot of it does play out in real time and like because Mm -hmm. it is you know one camera or like there's very little cutting uh during some extended portions of it uh, and i do think that does add to the tension. It makes you feel like you're experiencing with these characters. Um, it's really well done. So Kim, let's start talking about the moment when we start hearing the news along with the kids. Uh, Shiv gets calls from Tom a couple of times and she turns it down because things aren't great between the two of them. But then I think it's Roman that gets the call from Tom, right? Uh, yeah. And then Tom starts trying to explain what's going on. Now, what was your reaction when Tom was trying to explain what was happening? I I think I did manage to jot down like it was so darkly funny that all these people are like trying to say he's dead or he's dying 
but with as many words as possible, Mm -hmm. none of which are dead or dying. Like all the euphemisms and the bumbling through how to like explain what's happening, the the poor cell reception on a moving private jet, like, oh my God, it was so, yeah. It, it became really intense really quickly for me because I've, I've been in situations before where like you think your day's going one way and then all of a sudden someone's telling you that someone has died or is sick or like something has happened. And the, the way that they captured like the surrealness of that moment and like all of the minutes following were just like, whew, yeah, it just really grabbed me because, and didn't like- let go. Because everything about the rest of the episode is like very normal. It's very, hey, it's a normal episode of Succession. Funny, funny quips are going to be said. Logan's doing another business deal. And then all of a sudden, everything stops. Every, time slows down. And you know that everything is going to be not, ne- never going to be the same after this, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, the, the disorganization, great uh, point about using more words to say something than is necessary. Uh, really well put. Uh, I think I saw you say in the show notes you you thought it might have been a hoax at some point, right? Like, I, I did. I, 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 yeah. I uh, the thought occurred to me because I think the way they shot it is you don't see Logan, you don't see like Brian Cox's face until the very end. So yeah. they show people like laboring over his body. His his body and his face are just like barely off of camera for most of the episode. Yeah, and it did put in my mind: is this some kind of elaborate ruse? Right. That Logan is pulling on his children, which is very po- was very possible based on what we know. But I was like, right. th- then like my mind started thinking like, to what end? Like, what would be the purpose of this? You know, uh, why it's just to right. like f with them? Like, it doesn't make any sense. You know. And then as time goes on, it becomes clear like, oh, this is really happening. Really right. happening. Right. Yeah. I was like, yeah, same thing. Where I was like, is this a hoax? Is someone just trying to see what the kids like? What their reaction would be right now if their father died? Given how poorly the last conversation they had with him was but then yeah i quickly lost any sight of why that would be happening and it settled in that like yeah it was it was as soon as uh kendall started like trying to say goodbye to him well and then Kendall going to Shiv was like when I started like fully crying. And then I think I was just crying for the next like 10 minutes openly as like everything kept unfolding. Cause yeah. Uh, David Cho points out the karaoke thing was like 12 hours before these events, which is really shocking to think about. And I mean, each of the kids basically gets an opportunity to talk to Logan through the phone. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. Roman starts and every single one of these conversations is painful, right? Yeah. When you, in a moment like this, you hear how people really feel about you, I think. And they have the opportunity. They're like, these might be the last words your dad ever hears from you. And you have the opportunity to set things right and say whatever you didn't, you know, didn't have the courage to say or whatever. And every single one of them, like Shiv's, was probably the most warm. <laughs> Sorry, uh, everyone's yeah. pointing out that you forgot about Connor. Except Connor, I, I'm which just. I, people which are pointing I did out. I forgot. Too. Yeah. No, the, yeah. like in the episode, literally in the moment, 
or like after it was after Shiv was there and I think like she had said her bit and then all of a sudden like there was like a sound like off you know off to the side and I went out loud oh Connor I was like I forgot about Connor and no one has said anything uh, well yeah I, the whole time I was like yeah who is anyone gonna get Connor but I, they don't even it doesn't even occur to them to like get him at all and even if it did occur to them it's like would they really want to because it's his wedding day anyway yeah. um but I, I, all the performances were very strong I honestly of the three I thought uh, Romans was my favorite when he's like on the phone with his dad because he starts trying to say stuff and then he realizes you see Romans' brain breaking like he just can't communicate in the Hallmark style. I've always loved you, Dad. Blah, blah blah. Like it's it's just so against every fiber of his being. He can't do it, and he's like he says yeah. like F it, I can't do it, and he like hands it to get. And that's just so amazing to see a performance like that where. You're watching not just an actor play a guy who's in pain, but you're watching like a character fail to reconcile two parts of himself with each other. Uh, The part that wants to say the right thing and the part that has no experience saying the right thing. Um, And that has experienced great trauma at the hands of this person who he needs to say goodbye to. Yeah. Um, And like I have something that I felt like I really recognized in Roman in this episode was like, something I sometimes call like obligatory closeness, but like Mm -hmm. the, the, when you have a sense that someone's expecting you to say something in a certain way or react Mm -hmm. in a certain tone. And like, there are times when I do that because I feel like I have the space and the capacity to, and it's okay if that's not really how I'm authentically feeling in the moment. And then there are times where it's very hard for me to like follow something like that. And so, yeah, exactly. I feel like you could watch, Roman realizing that all the things that he like would instinctively say of like I like later in the episode when he's like I don't think I said I love you and I was like I don't think you did either buddy like it didn't that yeah. wasn't what was coming out of him in that moment because of everything else that he feels about Logan and yeah it was just it was really it was really brutal to watch them struggle through like do I give him absolution yeah do I do I give him forgiveness? Do I give him sentimentality? Or do I like hold my whatever emotional boundary in this moment and right. say do I, like, or do I give him the truth? And you can see each of the kids do their version of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um and I think Kendall except says Connor. like <laughs> except Connor. <laughs> Chris Chris uh, uh, Chris D says that they didn't think about running to give Connor a chance to say goodbye is so brutal. And you know when Honestly. they told Connor when they told Connor it's Connor wasn't even angry about it. He was just like he wasn't even like you guys didn't give me a chance to he's I think he kind of just expects that he's not going to you know get his oh. needs met in that regard. Um yeah. But uh also somebody says the loner shark says they're shook that you don't think this is an all-timer episode, Kim. How dare you not oh. think it's an all-timer? No, I mean I have a really hard time with committing to opinions. <laughs> like yeah, this soon, loner, okay? back off, loner. Okay, she, we're all still processing this. Okay. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> sorry, Kim. I didn't mean to, uh, okay. but I just thought it was, it was just funny. Like, don't you don't need to be so invested in what Kim thinks of the episode. You have your own thoughts, you know. Um, I'll rewatch it, and I'll probably rewatch all four seasons, and yeah. then have some some confident takes on yeah. where this fits they, in the, in the television. Th- I thanks do to David love Chofer. it. It's not the they, lack. Yeah. 
it's not for a lack of love. I promise. It is yeah. purely for a concern of overstating my position. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't. I don't recall this measuredness during our House of the Dragon episodes. Kim. <laughs> um, well, that was <laughs> my brain breaks in a whole other way <laughs> when I'm in <laughs> fantasy land. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh. Ryan C says best episode of the series. Um, <laughs> I said it probably was. Mike Mike Gonzalez says Kim hands out praise to shows like Logan to his children, which uh, <laughs> I mean that's certainly the case, the sense I'm getting today. Okay. Um, <laughs> God, I'm grieving people. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so w- the the thing I want to say about this episode is. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Dave. David Show just in the chat said Dave loves the episode because there was almost no time jump. Almost no time jumps of any kind. The, there was a big time jump at the end when they like they're talking about making a statement and then cut to they're at the airport and they already have the statement. It's like I want to see them writing the statement. Um, but yes, there were there were very few time jumps in this episode. What is great about this episode? Is, I'm about to say something serious, Kim. Okay, I'm focused. um, What is great about this episode is the entire series of Succession, we have been seeing the trappings of wealth all around these characters. Um, We've been seeing how amazing and lavish their lives are. But what Succession Season 4 Episode 3 presumes is what if none of that matters in the end, right? At the end of the day, yes... Logan's on a private jet. Arguably, um, that's making it harder for his situation. Yes, he could like turn back and you know in a way that maybe he couldn't if he was flying scheduled or whatever. But he might not have even taken that flight if he didn't have a private jet. You know, um, he has given his children billions of dollars, but at the end of the day, they can't even say to him, "I love you, Dad. You're going to be okay. I forgive you for everything you've done to us." Like, I don't think any of the the kids can bring themselves to say that. And that is a damning indictment of uh, how people like this leave this earth. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it doesn't matter that you've accomplished more than most people uh, who you'd measure conventionally. Uh, At the end of the day, all that matters is who is around you, who is telling you they love you, who is telling you they forgive you. Um, But because it's not the people you see on this show. And that is the most damning thing of all uh, that Succession has told us, I think. So anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's – I think that Logan – Logan Roy seems to have, like, towards the end of his life, just become so – I don't know, like, zeroed in on his legacy and, Mm -hmm. like, this disappointment that he seemed to feel in his children – for having not successfully raised them into right. the type of adults that he would have wanted to see, which yeah, I think that, was, that was the last thing he said to them was like, you, yeah, no, none of you have risen to the challenge. None of you. Have, it's the opposite of the ending of inception, basically, <laughs> which I keep bringing up. Anyway, go ahead. Kim. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it, there's just so much tragedy in a failure of connection like that between a parent and their child. Yeah. Um, and the fact that that, the fact that we're watching it in 
this context. And again, I think we've talked about how like the show is very siloed in terms of you're really only watching other people in the sort of ultra wealthy one percenter universe. Um, but we know that all of the things that they do and Kendall really does. I, I liked the moment of the episode where Kendall takes a beat to like remind Shiv and Roman, like everything we do, including you maybe making a call to ask if they circle his corpse around the country for a few hours while we like figure out what to do. Like the world will probably learn about that and, and people all over the world will have an opinion about it and they will be impacted by it because his company was so influential <clears throat> and whoever succeeds him has a lot of, will have a lot of power. So to see, to see all of those huge like world impacting systems get boiled down to this like really toxic, awful relationship within this family and the other inner circle people of the family was just really raw. It's really awful. And a reminder of the humanity that's in everyone. And also the, the, just the tragedy in when people lose the ability to, to connect with one another in an actual compassionate and authentic way. And when you start thinking of people like economic units and not flesh and blood beings who deserve love and compassion. Agreed. There are so many incredible, just like specific moments in this episode uh, that happen. I've already, we've already talked about a few of them, but I'll point out a couple more. Yeah. Uh, there's a moment when Kendall tries to get the pilot on the phone, right? And mm. Frank says, the pilot can't speak to you right now. He's flying the plane, son. You know, and it's like a heartbreaking moment because in that moment, Kendall's just like a kid mm-hmm. talking to his dad's old friend, trying to figure out, try, trying to take some kind of control in the situation. Uh, heartbreaking moment. I was already crying, <laughs> but then when the the face the the face on Kendall's look, the look on Kendall's <laughs> face, like the the shift that you saw in him when Frank took that tone of voice with him and called him son, was like exactly what Kendall needed in that moment was like some sort of yeah. compassionate father figure, someone who yeah. knew him, had known him from a boy, and was like in his own way taking control of the situation and like letting Kendall know like there is a limit to your power sometimes. And in this case, it's like, you cannot bully your way to speaking to the man flying the plane with your dad's body in it. And that was a time when I, that was a time when I was like, yeah, someone being clear and direct and compassionate in this moment has an immediate positive effect on that other person who's receiving that. Right. Like we see Kendall soften up a little bit. We see him able to sort of like take a moment to himself to process what's actually happening. Whereas, as I said, so many of the other conversations are people just fumbling over and using every euphemism in the book to try not to say, there's nothing we can do. Logan has died. And that's that's also something that I was thinking of too, that I <clears throat> only ever learned about once I became an entertainment reporter. It was like, we're told always explicitly in obituaries or whatever, you just say, this person has died and their age maybe something about how it happened, but we're, all, we're we're instructed to never write passed away or any of those euphemisms because when it comes mm. to like delivering information that is serious, that is to do with life and death, like it's easiest for people to just get the plain understanding of yeah. what has happened. 
Um, and in this episode, you could just see so many people unable to do that for one, one another because they were in such a like surreal and chaotic and grieving or just in full denial mindset as Roman was for most of it. Yeah. Uh, I like the moment when they, they tell Connor. Connor has this moment where he says, I never got the chance to make him proud of me, which is just heartbreaking. Um, yeah. And then, uh, and then like, there's a moment where like Roman almost collapses and like grabs Connor's arm and to kind of like comfort him. That was really powerful as well. Um, like they don't even know how to just hug each other when this is happening. The three, the three kids kind yeah. of do a group hug at one yeah. point, which was also a really touching moment. <sighs> This is a very, at the end of the day, there were pretty similar dynamics to what happened in episode, I want to say, two of the show when Logan went to the hospital. Mm-hmm. I did really appreciate it because if you recall in that episode, Logan has a hemorrhage. Um, all the kids go to the hospital. They like argue about what they should do. Kendall's like, hey, we got to figure out what we're going to announce to the markets tomorrow. And the other kids are like, I don't want to do that. Dad's still lying in state, you know, in his hospital bed. And... I appreciated that there was a little bit of that because that's natural. That would, you know, that's fitting in with the characters. But when Kendall gives a speech about how everything we say and do today is going in the memoirs, it's going into the SEC, and he gives this whole long speech, uh, we are highly liable to misinterpretation. Mm. Uh, what we do today will always be what we did the day our father died. Um, so let's grieve and whatever, but not do anything that restricts our future of movement, end quote. Talk about euphemisms. Uh, I know. But I, I did think, like, when he said that, all the people took him pretty seriously. Later on, when they're talking about the statement on the boat, there's a really amazing moment when Kendall kind of talks the other kids into, hey, we're going to assert power and we're the ones in charge. And, you know, none of them want to think in those terms, but he, he Kendall kind of, like, sways them in that direction. And it's a really amazing moment when you kind of see them all turn and understand what they're going to do, even if they're not yeah. saying it explicitly. I really yeah. love that. Any other moments that stick? I mean, again, like it's, it's just like boom. Every single moment, I'm being like emotionally devastated, and then there's another moment that emotionally devastates me, and then again and again and again. I'm just pointing out a few at you. Um, yeah. Any that you want to mention, Kim? Um, for some reason, the shot of Colin like on the airplane tarmac, mm. just like seeming like he doesn't have any idea what he's supposed to do now was really sad to me i was like oh "Oh, i never thought i would feel bad for colin but it was just like a reminder of the sort of vacuum that logan leaves and how he's like gathered all of these individuals around him but now a lot of them are just sort of flung out and yeah i don't know just something about colin standing there i was like it wouldn't have occurred to me to put a shot like that in the episode but like i said there were just so many or like you've been saying there were so many little moments yeah well in his interview with uh in vulture's interview by jackson McHenry with brian cox uh the question was asked about colin uh what is it about colin that makes logan roy trust colin and brian cox says it's a proper relationship colin doesn't ask for anything he's not avaricious like logan's horrible children (laughs) <laughs> I think Logan has always treated Colin well. That's why Logan thinks he is his best pal because there's never been any ulterior motive between uh, motive with him. He's a simple guy and he's always there. And I love the fact that Jesse wrote that scene. It was such a beautiful scene to play. He's talking about the scene at the di- uh, the diner, I believe. Mm-hmm. What's sort extraordinary about the show is that something we started as a satirical comedy has ended up uh, as a much more rounded drama. End quote. Uh, there's also, by the way, so. Th- 
it's now interesting to reflect on like all the time we've spent with Logan and Carrie and Logan and Colin this season as kind of these are kind of the relationships that quote unquote meant the most to him in his mm. waning days of life, you know? And yeah. And on the one hand, there's something nice about that, that he can have that kind of relationship. But on the other hand, they are basically his servants, you know, like they are his employees and there is something sad that those are his closest friendships. Right. Yeah. Um, there was also something really interesting that Brian Cox said during this interview uh, that uh-huh. I wanted to mention literally after what I just read, he says, quote, I don't know what happens to all those characters now, but I think it was difficult for the actors. They didn't quite know where they were going because I had abandoned them. Sarah Snook, who's a wonderful, wonderful actress, didn't even know the series was finishing until the read-through of the last episode. I knew it was going to be the last season, but Sarah didn't. I think she was devastated by that, end quote. That was a weird statement. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, where yeah. Brian Cox knew the, season was, the series was going to end. And Sarah Snook didn't. What? What? That? That's weird. That you know. That, especially if he died in episode four. Um, so I'm just like I'm trying to trying to like understand what that was all about. Um, right. So. Because so presumably she would have known he well, died. What, 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 by the what, time he, she got to that final episode, read through. Cor- correct. So, but the thing that makes no sense is like, why did he know before her that the series was going to end? That was right. Weird. <laughs> and if that's true, like I don't know why he would disclose that during this interview. So. Is it um, just throwing this out there? Because again, we're doing this on the fly here. Yes, is it is it literally an episode budget? Well, like not. I don't know about the telling him thing, but I was like, oh, maybe a reason why we didn't really see him prominently is because then they wouldn't have to pay him <laughs> for the whole episode. Mm, no, I don't oh, know. No, because he was in the beginning of it. Never mind. No, see, this is why we're doing this live. No, but I think. But yeah, I think I think they probably had a stand-in because they don't want Brian Cox to just lie there for three days straight while someone's you know fake doing uh chest compressions on him so kit harrington did it <laughs> <laughs> well brian cox is no kit harrington i think is That's kind true. of something we've definitely learned this episode okay. <laughs> uh what else let me let me let me pull up my notes carrie's, see what else. carrie's yeah. reaction oh, carrie that was another amazing thing um <laughs> carrie coming in i think zoe winters is the name of the actress Carrie coming in and being like completely freaked out was so amazing because uh, she looks like she's literally in shock. She's literally physically shaking. Yeah. Um, what did you think of that whole thing? Like, there was some, I th- who is it that said, it, it, was it Tom that said she looks like she caught a foul ball or something like that? Yeah, she looks like she got a foul ball at the Yankees game. Um, I, I, I needed that moment of levity. It made me laugh. Um, I also think that she was just in shock we kind of saw her her little um her atn anchor speech where she said like and the two kidnapped children have not been found yet and like (laughs) flashed like a very like tv anchor smile i think that that's just she's just one of the i sometimes i laugh at a funeral kind of Mm -hmm. i mean i just i I love that she couldn't put together a whole sentence like she (laughs) they're putting together a statement and she's saying "Uh, oh so do you want me to help with the and then should i help with and she can't like she literally can't even yeah. talk in that moment it was amazing um, it really the whole i i feel like i just keep talking about this but like every person's reaction felt believable to me in that like again unfortunately i have gone through several versions of people dying sometimes in sudden ways and then being I tend to, so there's like fight or flight, right? Like everyone knows about. 
I didn't really know for a long time that there's also freeze, like freeze or fawn responses Mm -hmm. to intense things. And I, I have realized that that is what I do slash I can like very quickly snap into like, okay, how do I take care of everybody mode? Like, what does everybody need? Try to pick up on like, what's the mood? What's the thing that's going to upset you versus comfort you? How can I get the most people feeling okay together? And like watching this episode was just like watching a bunch of people go into one of those three modes and I and like sometimes with greater success than others. Like mm-hmm. I think that Kendall did a pretty good job of getting himself into yeah. like, okay, I can take control of the situation mode. Um, Roman was like really struggling. I think he was already in sort of like, yeah, he was in like full denial mode for a while. Jerry was like refusing to comfort Roman at a time when he like very obviously was kind of signaling for yeah. it and I I understood why she was like maintaining that boundary then given what had just happened between them. Well, I think one of the things that the show has done a good job of is showing you how difficult and annoying the lives of these employees must have been, you know, that their whole lives they've been subject to the whims of these bratty children who don't even have that much talent. Uh, and you again see them over and over again, like people like Jerry, Carl, uh, you know, all Frank, all these people subjected to these indignities. Um, so I can totally imagine that at the end of Logan's life, Jerry doesn't have a deep well of compassion to draw from, especially after she just got fired. Yeah. Um, if you're just joining in, we have we, uh, over a couple hundred people watching us right now on uh, YouTube.com slash Decoding TV. Uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us. Reacting to this monumental event live, you can listen to the audio version of this podcast when it is released at podcast.decodingtv.com. Uh, Choi to the World says, uh, Brian Cox teased that Logan went out, quote, on a high. <laughs> and uh, Ian, Ian Gibbons responds, or not responds, but says, um, I thought it was shockingly quiet and true to life. For a titan of industry like Logan, you'd think, oh, he must have this operatic end. But no, sometimes death is a heart attack in a bathroom, end quote. Uh, and yeah, it's it's that, great. The The mundanity of it is is really amazing. Go ahead, Kim. That was another thing that this episode was reminding me of that I've always really loved about Succession is that I think that they have always done a good job of um, incorporating sort of subplots around the media and how things get reported and how things become headlines versus what stays uh, among sort of like the rumor mill in these social circles. And they do a really good job, I think, of showing us like, like I, I sometimes watch episodes like this and I think to myself of what is like the CNN report going to be, or what is Mm -hmm. the vulture headline? What would the vulture headline be on this or whatever? Um, And yeah, the way that very prominent people in our culture and in our media and in our politics and celebrity sometimes die. And there is not a lot of clarity around what has happened sometimes for a day or two. Um, And it's interesting to watch the show go with the root of like, yeah, we, we don't know for sure. Maybe they're going to do an autopsy or something and we'll find out in future episodes, but like could have been any number of things. Yeah. Right. Another, another hemorrhage, a heart attack, a, yeah, some infection that he hadn't been treating. Like, yeah. and so putting Someone the audience in the place him. of like, no, I'm just joking. I mean, <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen, but yeah, that would be a really weird the- direction to take the, the show, but yeah. But like the episode in season three where um, 
Kendall and Logan go to Adrian Brody's house. I know that's not his yeah, character's name. Right. What's yeah. his name? Um, but I thought I, that was an episode where I was like, oh shit, Logan's about to die. Mm-hmm. And Kendall's the only one around and everyone's going to think that Kendall fucking killed him. Like that's, that's where we're going with this. And then it yeah. didn't happen. And I was like, oh, thank goodness. But yeah, this is a situation where he was, yeah, carry poison Logan as someone's saying in the comments, but like, mm. there are going to be questions about like the circumstances right. and manner of his death. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, Josh Aronson is the character's name you're thinking of. Mm. So such a such a good character. I would see him back if he wanted to be. The uh, you know, there's a bunch of other things to point out. I, I mean, I like how Carolina is the one that says, "Hey, we should really figure out what we're going to do here." Um, mm-hmm. And and in. I think it was last episode or a couple episodes ago I pointed out that when you are at this level of corporate machinations, um, you don't have any space to be a, a regular human. And I think we really see that in this episode where this person is dying and you, you, you can't process it like a normal person. Mm-hmm. If you're a royal person, if you're a, you know – part of the royal family or if you're a billionaire who runs a multi-billion dollar company you don't have space to sit with it like a normal person you need to think of what the markets are going to do you need to think of what the phone tree you're going to go down is and they start listing like it's got to be Matson, it's got to be uh potus mm. it's got to be the board you know all these people that you got to call um and it it just kind of adds way more stress to this situation than if you didn't have all this money basically. And if you, if you didn't have all this power. So, um, yeah. I also, what did you think of? Cause when we left last episode and Logan says, um, you know, call off the meeting, emergency regroup, but don't invite Jerry. And I was sort of, I, my first assumption had been that that had to do with the whole, everyone's laughing at Carrie's tape thing and that he was like sort of punishing her. And then you pointed out, I believe, which made total sense to me that, oh, well, she's if she's legal counsel, this meeting he's about to have with Matson is not really sanctioned. Yeah. And then but at the da- start but of David this episode, Cho, David like, Cho points out, David Cho pointed out in our bonus episode that she's actually like the CEO at this point or like uh, has been acting CEO. Right. right. So God, um, I keep I have Swiss cheese with the number of people who have been named interim CEOs. Yes. Um, so, but also he was like, he, she's already on the way out. Like he, in his mind, he's, he's already going to get rid of her this episode. So he's like, you can leave right. her out of this probably. Right. So, yeah. How shitty. She really yeah. did dance them through a thunderstorm without getting wet. Yeah. For the most part. Uh, loner shark says, what about Shiv saying she was hoping it was her mom? Uh, felt, felt like a pretty legit. It's always been clear that Shiv loved her mom more than her dad. Or sorry, sorry, loved her dad more than her mom, you know, or had more affection yeah. for her dad than her mom. Um from my perspective, but you know, I don't know. I thought it was just like uh I really do think that his kids were in some sort of belief that Logan was invincible mm-hmm. and like it wouldn't have occurred to them mm-hmm. for him yeah. to go down like that. Yeah. Even, Nish- well, yeah. Uh, Avnish in the chat points to the moment when Roman and Kendall are saying, like, you're so effed at each other towards the end of the episode. 
like you're effed, you're so effed. Uh, I thought that was a nice moment of them kind of comforting each other in a way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, uh, okay. So any other thoughts on the whole, oh, there's one other topic I must discuss. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is, I thought Tom Wamscams did a pretty good job this episode. You know, like he, he acted <sighs> with a lot of compassion and gentleness. I thought, uh, Tom is not a good person. I don't think, I don't think he's someone we should be rooting for, but I have always thought he is like the best and most pure out of the characters. Um, and I thought that was on display in this episode. I thought he like treated the family very kindly and, um, and was very kind of gentle and, and like a decent human being was from my, it was my perspective. What'd you think? I agree that I think he did well for the situation he was in. Um, I, his phone call to Greg was weird, but all of Greg and Tom's conversations. Yes. Were when he weird. says, well, we're, we're fast forwarding to my favorite line of the episode, but I said, uh, my favorite line is, uh, I need you to delete my folder called logistics. And then I need you to delete it from the trash. <laughs> And you're you're right. Like we don't know what was going on there. And he did. Um, he did. He does insist to Greg. Like he wants everyone to know that he's. Uh, he was with Logan. He was in with his Logan at the end. But he yeah. he's he's also other than Carrie, he seems to be the only one that has genuine emotion uh, at Logan's death. In my opinion. Yeah. When you said, did you say Tom's? What you what did you just say about Tom? That he's like. Not a good person, but not what? a good person, but you know the the most pure and good among most these people. Pure. Mm, see, I like that's not how I would phrase it, but I do think that he is the most in touch with his like feelings a bit more. But I thought that I thought that he handled his relationship with Shiv well in this episode. You know, like he did try and call her first twice, which like given the frostiness between them and their current divorce, like maybe it would have been understandable if he just tried to call Kendall first or something, but he did seem to be thinking of her and caring about her, her reaction to things. And then that was another moment I really loved was Shiv, Shiv reading the statement I thought was great. I thought her Uh, before I want to get to that, but before before we get to that, I do want to point out that the, um, the chat is rebelling violently against everything that I have said. Uh, that cool. David Cho. David Cho is saying <laughs> Kim is Kim is like you try it for size. David Chen. Um, David Cho is saying Tom leaked the news that uh, Tom leaked the news that Logan died. Uh, Loner Shark says Greg leaked it, and then David Cho says Greg leaked it because Tom told him to. Did you have a? Again, we have just watched the episode. We didn't watch it multiple times. Like, I know. did you get a sense that Tom had leaked? Uh, the news that Logan died or that it was his intention uh, that Logan's death be leaked? I think that he was maybe a little careless in that moment. I didn't, I didn't read that as being it being an intentional leaking. I read that as it being like, I think that their conversation earlier in the episode about the Greglets didn't go so well. Like I think that Greg was visibly seeming frosty. So I think like, Tom making that call to Greg was kind of like shoring up the Alliance. Right. It was like, let's make sure the disgusting brothers are like still on like still a team here. And yeah, like 
Greg, I think that he trusted Greg to yeah be the one who said, oh, he was with him in his final moments. But I, I thought when <clears throat> I forget what someone was talking about the press or it was someone was on the phone being like who leaked or like whatever. And then whoever that person was like clocked uh, one of the flight attendants mm. crossing through the cabin. And I was like, oh, it's I, I thought it was probably the staff on the plane. Yeah, there's there's speculation that it was the staff on the plane. Um, some people in the chat are saying it was Carrie that leaked it. I, mm. I don't know, David Cho. I don't. Uh, yeah. So so uh, uh, David Cho says like float that I was on the plane and that you know like he's he's telling Greg like I didn't interpret that. By the way, David Cho David Cho is saying that Tom says to Greg, you know, float that I was on the plane. Like tell PR I was on the plane. I was with him in his last moments. I did not interpret that as him saying, like, this is literally what I want Greg to do right now. I interpreted that as, like, when the story is told, that is what you will say about me. Um, That's how I interpreted I didn't, it. I didn't interpret it as, Greg, go leak knowledge. this major news. Because earlier on in the conversation, he says, if you leak it, you're going to be effing shredded. Like, so that was my interpretation, but I think... Um, Plus, like, the the fact, right, like, right, people are pointing out in the chat and stuff, Greg was flirting with, like, a reporter or talking to a reporter, but, like, they the show went out of its way to show her going, oh, is he going to make it? Right. To make you think she knows, like she right. just overheard Greg. She knows that he's talking about his health. And then she says like, oh, to the wedding. Yeah. Yeah. And then we don't see any more of that. We don't so see I any more that, of it. We don't see more I of it. I think that yeah. it's still up for, like it's up for question who it was. I would believe that Greg would eventually say something. He has a very long history on the show of saying dumb things to reporters when he shouldn't. Like, the man does not know what on the record or no comment or on background means. Um, but yeah, I don't know something about the way that something about the way that the editing happened right when someone meant, when someone was saying like who leaked it made me think that it was probably airline staff because also we've heard, we have I heard reports of billionaires on private jets doing things that, seem unsavory and it's like i don't know i mean i'm re i'm looking at an article right now in vulture called what's tom's deal in this week's succession it is literally oh, a column great. it's literally a column about what tom does in every episode of succession and i don't think this article implies that tom leaked it so I, I, if if he did leak it maybe that's gonna be clear in the in next week's discourse and we'll talk about it next week but like yeah as of you know, when we're recording, which is less than two hours after the episode ended airing, finished airing, I don't think it is the well-understood consensus that Tom screwed over everyone. Other people are also objecting. They're saying, like, Moonbeam in the chat room is saying that uh, that Tom is a faker. Uh, you're following, David Chen, you're falling for fake Midwestern manners covering a sneaky SOB. That Tom is faking when he's being kind to Shiv and everyone like that. That's not how I read it. That's not how I read it, but you know, um, we'll get a bunch of emails at decodingtv at gmail.com and next week I'll have to eat a bunch of crow. Uh, but that's, you know, this is just, we're, we're, we're doing this without a net, Kim, you know? So, yeah. Did, can we talk about Shiv's statement? Yeah, let's talk or about it. So did you want to talk about something else before that? No, no, no. So they go to the airport, right? And they need to uh, do a statement. Uh, I think like Jerry and Carl... Uh, say, hey, it's very important that we are named in the statement, <laughs> right? And then they write the statement, and you know the kids are like, okay, that's fine, you know that's fine, but we're going to write this. We'll take point on writing the statement, not Carolina. They go, they show up uh, at the airport, and then they give a statement. Shiv gets a statement by herself, takes only one question, 
uh, where she reaffirms that they're going to be sticking around. What did you think of this whole sequence? I, I, I was not, I like really had no idea what to expect from their statement. And right now, as I'm thinking about it, I feel like I can't remember a word that Shiv said, but I remember feeling emotional about it and also like, okay, so like solid, seemed kind of like neutral, like respected his legacy, et cetera, et cetera. And then when she was like, we're not going to take any questions. And then of course the question of like, well, what are what's your involvement like with the company? Like she couldn't resist responding to that one to basically assert like, yes, we'll be around. And then I just loved, <coughs> sorry, I'm so, <sighs> this episode, man, mm-hmm. um, her walking into Tom's arms, kind mm-hmm. of like the way that she like leaned her head on his chest mm-hmm. and like let herself be comforted for like just a second, and then like remembered who she's touching and all the terrible things that have happened between them and how bad everything is, and like gets that like angry shiv look on her face again. Just really beautiful moment that felt very relatable in the way that like sometimes grief brings you unexpectedly closer to someone who you might have been feeling out of sorts with before but then it's really messy when all of your shared history is still there and so yeah i seeing what happened seeing how shiv and tom's relationship either continues to dissolve on course or somehow gets amicable again will be really interesting to me I thought that was a powerful moment. Um, I, I think there's a moment when Shiv kind of invites Tom to go with her, right? When she's like going to go see Logan and she invites Tom to go with her. And that's like a nice moment between them as well. But I couldn't help but think that it's actually really heartbreaking what happens between the two of them overall. Because because it's so bad, that's why Shiv doesn't get to talk with Logan or like she kept turning down the phone call, but if her relationship with Tom had been better, she would have accepted yeah. it. And then maybe had a chance to talk with her dad before he passed. I don't know. Maybe yeah. he wouldn't have, but um, no. And that's, and that's the thing is like, you could see in real time how each of the kids was going to have a regret about how that situation happened. Like yeah. Roman's going to regret that he didn't say, I love you. And that the last thing he really did say was, all of the terrible things on that voicemail. Shiv's going to regret not picking up that phone call from Tom. All of them are probably going to regret the conversation that they, that they had yeah. the night before. And that that's how they left things. Well, Maybe Kendall's thing. the only one who came out Scott, not Scott free, but like guilt free, but that's because the dude's already been suicidal and in therapy for years over the relationship with Logan. Whew. Uh, Anna points out Shiv calls him over for Tom to give her the minute by minute. Yeah, but you know, still like, I, I do think there is some kind of warmth there. Um, I, I I do want to point out that if it's not obvious, <laughs> I think one of the takeaways from this episode is death could come for any one of us at any time, mm. <laughs> and and uh, and you never know when it's going to happen and. If it does, you never want to leave things on bad terms with people because you might end up in this terrible situation where they're having these painful, awkward phone calls 12 hours after they just tried to 
sabotage their dad at the karaoke bar. You know, like you never want to leave things like that because you just don't yeah. know what's going to happen. So yeah. Anyway, the other thing I wanted to say was about like the costuming and like the coloring on the episode as I was watching it this first time through. Um, as soon as I saw Kendall Shiv and Roy all together in their wedding outfits, I was like, this looks like a funeral assembly. And that is something that um, happened very intentionally in the second season of Grey's Anatomy, which I maintain. Talk about talk about best TV show episodes ever made of all time. I could commit to my opinions about Grey's Anatomy because it's been like 15 years now. Okay, I'm very secure in them. <laughs> in your um, face, Kat. <laughs> Take that, loner shark. Uh, I need to just fully absorb it. Um, but it reminded me so much of that where like there's a whole... Uh, there's a whole subplot kind of invented in the lead up to the season two finale where there's a prom being thrown inside one of the hospital wings. And so all of the doctors just happen to be dressed up in like black tie for the first time that you've really seen them. And then a really sad death happens. And all of a sudden, all of that attire looks exactly like they are there for the funeral. And so I was like, I was noticing that the same thing was happening in this episode where like everyone's dressed up in black tie for a wedding. And then it very quickly turns into looking like a funeral. Mm. Um, and there, it was also, there was a moment so much of the episode and a lot of like those one shots are done inside. Um, and I'm going to have to rewatch it to be sure, but it feels sort of like everything was a little more muted and neutral in those rooms. And then once all three of them get up on like the top deck and all of a sudden we get sort of like a wide shot of, um, downtown Manhattan behind them and the water and everything feels very blue all of a sudden and blue was like in the in the first episode of this season blue was logan's like birthday color everyone in that birthday party was wearing like navies or light blues and he had like a dark navy suit little he had like a like double-breasted like knitted cardigan thing it was a cute little old man sweatshirt but and all of the kids were all in like very browns and it was like this very like la and very kendall like kendall Mm -hmm. loves wearing brown jeremy strong the actor loves wearing brown too on like all of like the red carpets and stuff and so i just noticed right away how like all of a sudden the kids like when they had that kendall gives that final cool speech and they seem to sort of all be getting on the same page and getting a little bit more like grounded and connected that like everything feels very blue around them all of a sudden it feels very logan Mm. in that moment interesting interesting uh I want to point out a couple of things. Like people in the chat are heavily debating uh, Tom as a character. Choi to the world says Tom is a person who made a deal with the devil. The Roy's of the devils. Um, uh, Ron says her dad has been leveraging Tom from the start. He's a pawn for both of them, but I think mostly Logan. Basically, uh, a lot of people uh, not loving my assessment of Tom. So I'm just going to put that out there. But hey, um, different strokes are different folks, as it were, uh, when it comes to Tom Wom's game. But I do want to acknowledge... Uh, what people say. Okay. Uh, to close this out, Kim, uh, first of all, mm-hmm. any other thoughts on the episode we want to point out? And then what I'd like to do is spend 10 more minutes rampantly speculating and also reading comments about what might happen in the rest of the series. <laughs> so, so in terms of uh, this episode, the only other thing I, there's like one or two other things I want to mention. One is uh, Kendall. Uh, or actually, let, let, let's talk about this first. Connor gets married. And there is yeah. actually a very lovely moment that Connor shares with Willa where 
I actually love this moment because, you know, Connor asks Willa straight up, you know, are you just with me for money, Willa, basically? And she says, well, there is something about money and safety here. Yeah, there is. But I'm happy. I'm not going to walk. End quote. And that's like kind of the happiest ending that one of the Roys can get. Do you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. not. It's not actual love, but it's like it's as close to love as certainly this guy, Connor, is going to get. Someone who is going to put up. Like, yeah. She has to throw in there, like, at least not today, huh? <laughs> I was like, no, Will. Yeah. Like, just let it sit for one second that Connor might be loved. But yeah. the fact that she, I did appreciate that moment between them because I, I thought that I didn't think they were going to end up married mm. going into yeah. this episode. Yeah. But then they have this like little wedding with like just them two and like four other people because everyone has left, I think, because of the Logan thing, right? Yeah. It was my interpretation. Yeah. Um And that was very lovely. It was very like, was. hey, we actually get to speak to each other like human beings and be honest and share a connection to each other. And it's the first time I think we've really seen that between the two. It's the first time I think we've seen them two, the two of them be actually like relatively honest to each other. Um, yeah. So I love that. I love that. And like she kind of got the the rather nice wedding she had thought of in the end. Like it wasn't. Yeah. You know, yeah. They weren't at the foot of the Statue of Liberty and with a band playing and bum yeah. fights. It was very like. Uh, it was very classy. Like it was very classy. Is, like yeah. So that was nice. I don't understand how this show makes me feel so many feelings about these terrible people. But here I am feeling happy that. Connor Roy got married. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is the very last shot of the episode, uh, which ends mm. with uh, like a kind of a, not a close up, but like a, a re- relatively tight shot on Kendall Roy. Um, he is, in my opinion, kind of Logan's number one nemesis. And then for him to kind of be standing there, like taking in his father's death, that felt very poetic to me. That felt very proper as kind of the way to end this episode. Um, so I really appreciated that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Just beautiful, beautiful work yeah. all around. Beautiful writing, directing, performance, editing, score. Oh yeah. All right, Kim. So shocking development for Succession season four, episode three. What the heck do we think is going to happen the rest of this show? Like, what are what are some things that that? Like, <laughs> I I I just honestly have I'm still stunned that they actually did this, right? So I'm kind of like this will actually be a battle for who is makes it to the top and who like resolves the Waystar Royco company in a way that um that is truly beneficial to them. like literally anything could happen now, you know? Um yeah. in a way that I don't think it was true an episode ago. Um, hmm. because who knows if this Gojo deal is going to go through, who knows if it goes through, like, and w- also what I loved, I wanted to mention, uh, Logan gives that amazing speech at episode two, right? Where he's like roaring to the crowd and you really, oh, wow, this guy is like vital. He's like in his prime. He's doing, he's kicking butt. And then of course he dies like episode afterwards. It's, it's, it was a real head fake that the showrunners set up for us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what what is even the rest of the season going to be about? I think it's going to be about, obviously, does this Gojo deal close? Mm-hmm. Who is in charge of the resulting company? 
Mm-hmm. But even that doesn't feel like enough material for seven episodes. So I'm like, what? So yeah. a, lot of, a lot of people in the chat are speculating maybe it's about like Tom and Shiv rekindling things and getting back together. Like yeah. that, I mean, that it could be being a thing. Yeah. The election is as soon as I saw that Connor and Willa's wedding was happening in episode three, I was like, oh, okay. So like the election mm. is now like the thing, the ticking clock that we have like we know that it's about mm. what like nine days away or something yeah um and given how involved logan was in like the selection of this very fascist republican candidate man i'm assuming that we're gonna have to see some sort of like closure there or some sort of yeah, comeuppance so what you're referring to is in season three uh, mm-hmm. They at a super secret smoke filled room. Uh, the the Roy's chose Jared Minkin, a far right congressman, as the person they're going to back. So I think it's very possible that comes back this season as a major plotline, right? And mm-hmm. and but that will be intricately tied in with what the resulting ATN entity is, right? Right. And Pierce, I think, because uh, like one of the reasons why Shiv cited wanting to buy Pierce was like the election coming up and she wants to have a voice in the conversation. And so it's like the election, the status of ATN, the status of Waystar, Royco as a whole, and the status of Pierce Media are all balls in the air right yeah. now. And, Sh- and Tom and Shiv's divorce. Uh, Kendall, we haven't seen any of him and his family or what's actually mm-hmm. going on in his personal life right now. Um, do you, okay, so let, let's 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 um, let's put some some dollar bills on the line, Kim. I mean, not really dollar bills, but like, <laughs> but let's let's put our reputations on the line. Let's go on a limb a little bit, okay? Do we think <laughs> do we think the Gojo deal will close with Waystar Royco in any form at this point? Yeah, I like it's a, kind a lot of, of debate. A lot of bit debate in the chat. Um, also, uh, David Cho is saying no because the stock price fell too much. Mm. That I that yeah. was an, that's another ball in the air, right? Is like how yeah. does that that shelf we saw yeah. created as soon as the death was announced? How does that affect everything? Yeah. How does that affect the kids' ability? The kids can't buy Pierce. That sale can't go through if the Gojo deal is any less right? money than what was currently on so the So maybe both, it seems very possible that both deals fall apart, right? Yeah, again. <laughs> but this time for good reasons, you know, like Logan being dead. Um, yeah, also the, <laughs> we still, the podcast thing that got mentioned with Kendall, like I still think that Kendall, yeah. I'm, I'm just bringing you back to Kendall once again, because I still feel like we don't truly have full closure on his journey so far. And so his, his health, his mental health state, he's, he's been, you know, having suicidal ideation thoughts since season two. And we see him go through these phases of like, he's either real down low or really up high. And then this yeah. episode, he was sort of forced to snap back into that, like, oh, I know how to do this and treat humans like economic units and be my dad in, like, whatever form he can be. But I don't. that's not Kendall's endgame, in my opinion. So, and yeah, I, I, Roman's, Roman's a dark horse. 
or Greg. Yeah, I, I still hold by my the, there is yeah. a possibility that Greg has stayed in the inner circle, but enough on the periphery to have not gotten in enough trouble by this final stretch of episodes to potentially come up in some sort of high position. Um, by the way, I want to mention one thing that was brought up in the chat earlier. Uh, there was a question about whether or not Roman, uh, whether or not Logan saw Roman's text or, uh, sorry, whether or not oh, Logan voicemail. listened to voicemail before uh, he died. And, uh, uh, Brian Cox has, uh, mentioned his opinion on this. He said, no, it was too late. Uh, the only way he saw the dick pic thing was because it was a mistake. He wouldn't have been pursuing it. It was just an alert that came up on his phone, end quote. So he, Brian Cox's position is that Roman's voicemail did not in any way precipitate his death. I just want people to know that. Um, that's what Brian Cox's opinion is. I, I think you did a great job running down like what the possible plot lines are, are for the rest of the season. Like what's going to happen with uh, Shiv and Tom – Mm-hmm. Uh, what's going to happen with the deals? What's going to happen with Jared Mankin? And um, what I think is going to happen with Kendall? Because as we, I think, mentioned last week, the Kendall plotline has not been sufficiently resolved, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. He has a really emotional breakdown at the end of season three where he confesses about killing this person. We hear mention that there's a true crime podcast being done about it, and and then nothing. Like, Kendall is seemingly just back to normal this season. I don't think it's been fully reckoned with yet. So I do think it's possible we might see, if not some kind of legal or PR thing come out of that, I think it's likely we'll see some further emotional development on that front from the Kendall. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think, it, um, you know, per what David Cho is saying in the chat room, I do think it's very possible that neither deal goes through Mm-hmm. And the rest of the season is about who's succeeding, who is the successor at Waystar Royco. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in that case, maybe uh, the true crime stuff takes out Kendall, and maybe yeah. it's either about Shiv or Roman, and I could I could honestly see either of them being it at this point. Um, people are saying, Greg, you know, you mentioned the Greg theory as well. Uh, you know, who knows? Any, any, anything could happen. But what I see is... Uh, neither deal goes through because of reasons we've discussed. Roman and or Shiv are like given more power and the series kind of ends with them ascending to the throne and realizing that they will continue their father's legacy of, you know, destroying the Republic of the United States and like, and like fully coming into their own as forces of evil at the head of Waystar Royco. That's, that's my prediction. Like Kendall gets taken out by something, whether it's, True crime podcast or something else, and it's between Shiv and Roman. So that I'm that's what I'm calling. No deals, no deal. I'm on. I'm Howie Mandel. No deal, no deal. <laughs> uh, Kendall's not it. It's going to be Shiv and Roman. No Greg either. Uh, Tom is a possible dark horse. That's my boom. Sticking. And with you it. think Jerry's Jerry's just out out of yeah, her own I, cord. I don't think there's yeah. no. I don't think she's in the mix. So, um, yeah. So uh, you know in. Six weeks, Kim, I'm going to be playing back this tape and being like, I called literally everything, or we're never going to speak about anything I said ever again. You know? Great. Those are the two possibilities. Yeah, I kind of agree with David Cho in the chat. I'm not sure Jerry's out, out, given that Roman's the only, Roman and Carrie are only, are Roman, Carrie, and <clears throat> Tom, I guess, know that the plan was for her to be fired that day. 
But does anyone else know? Yeah, you know, that actually reminded me of um, season one, episode two, when right. when Logan says to Kendall, hey, you're not it. And then Kendall, <laughs> and then Kendall's like, hey, um, did anyone actually hear my dad say he didn't want me? Like, all we have are words. There's no actual legal thing firing words Gary. Are wind. Right? Words are wind. Words are just s- sounds, audio configurations, you know, <laughs> moving out of people's skulls. Like, it's not really any, you know, so. Yeah. Um, I don't, uh, I'm just, it feels unlikely, but I do hope that all, all four Roy children or all four of Logan's children somehow managed to not become estranged by each other by the end mm. yes, that's of the what, series. That's um, always been my sort of like, it's always been your, your hope. hope, your hope for them. My hope. Uh, joy. What are, what are we doing? <laughs> joy in the chat says, I still think maybe the company gets broken up for parts. That's also another possible ending mm. um, where by the end it ends in ashes. I don't, I think that's possible, but it's not, that's not my prediction. I've already said what my prediction is, but I think um, that's my prediction. So, Hey Kim, let's, uh, let's do, um, do you, you want to do your favorite line? I think that you write one down. Oh yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's do your favorite line before we do your favorite line though. I want to say we're wrapping up here obviously, uh, but thanks to everyone for tuning in. This is a lot of fun. Uh, and you know, if you haven't yet, you're watching, you haven't yet, please subscribe at youtube.com slash decoding TV. Um, we're going to be going live a bunch more times throughout the next few weeks. And I can pretty much guarantee that we're probably going to be doing this again for the finale. Cause I don't think we're going to be getting the finale live. Yeah, so, good point. um, so we're probably not going to go live before the finale for succession stuff, but we're going live for other things like love is blind and beef on Netflix and a bunch of other things. So be sure to subscribe at youtube.com slash decoding TV. Become a paid member at decodingtv.com and support the podcast. Kim Renfro, where can people find more of your work on the internet? Um, I'm still hanging out on Twitter for now. So I'm at Kim R. Renfro there and over on insider.com, my succession write-ups. I'm starting a details you missed running slideshow for the season because it's getting it's getting juicy. So that'll be fun. You can find that over on Insider. All right. Dude, well- decoding Grey's Anatomy win. David <laughs> when when is decoding anatomy ha- Grey's anatomy happening uh okay so favorite line of the episode we'd like to conclude with our favorite line of the episode i already said mine which is quote i need you to delete my folder called logistics and then i need you to delete from the tra- delete it from the trash which is something i say to my employees all the time at work so you know that's of course i felt seen kim what's your favorite line of the episode um i i this week i went with we can do reagan's with tweaks <laughs> which was Kendall taking control of the post dad death situation. And it, it just, it had never occurred to me that people look at other famous people's funerals to then be like, Oh, that's, that's what we'll do for our really important fancy funeral. So just a, a perfect little one liner that encapsulates this bananas world that these characters are living in and the kinds of things that they think about ahead of time, like doing a version of Ronald Reagan's <laughs> funeral for their dad. I want to give a big shout out to Kim Renfro. Uh, I think uh, Mike Gonzalez says in the chat, Kim is the goat, um, uh-huh. which is very accurate. So Kim, thanks for uh, broadcasting with me for an hour and 40 minutes after the episode aired this was a lot of fun um i hope this is helpful for you watching at home uh it certainly was for us in processing this this episode thank you for listening to decoding tv 
We'll see you next week. Talk about the fallout. Be sure to let us know what your thoughts are at decodingtv at gmail.com. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye.